Oh, ladies and gentlemen, no, oh, the mic's kind of loud there, Mike Moore. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to adjust it. I'll just pull my mic back. I'll be really sophisticated. Here we are, Mike Moore, Dave Fitch, trying to figure out our microphones on the Theology on Mission podcast. Yes. Year 2021, season of Lent. minute i forgot that it's lent but you got to admit lent's kind of running long this year uh it started like last march started started in 2020 (laughs) uh i was was just sharing with dave the lenten practice in my household is my my wife wants me to chill out a little more so i think that's maybe some some advice you should take seriously yeah yeah. so before dinner we take deep breaths five deep breaths before dinner do you do it together or um no we do it at our own pace i i take much quicker breaths than her (laughs) (laughs) but but maybe we should have done five deep breaths before this (laughs) before this podcast (laughs) oh well maybe we should just invite grace on to the podcast oh that would that yeah as long as we can have ray ann on the podcast after that (laughs) Uh, wow that could be hey folks uh, maybe we uh, it is national women's month yeah uh i think that would be totally appropriate actually yeah um folks it's theology on mission podcast where theology meets mission the questions of engaging our culture for christ and his kingdom and we're good to be back with you here. It is Lent. Um, I just want to say, uh, uh, before we get into the subject matter for mm-hmm. today, uh, that Patrick Kane, the greatest <laughs> U.S. hockey player in history, <laughs> come on, he actually did a YouTube video counting to a thousand, okay. helping people go to sleep at night. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Maybe this is what you want to do before dinner with Grace. <laughs> Did you listen to it last night? I didn't. I didn't last work? night, but this morning at about six a.m., it was going around the internet. And I go, "This is crazy!" So I listened to it. And I think funny. I fell asleep. That's why I'm a little late this morning, <laughs> getting to the podcast. Counting to a thousand. Yeah, folks, you got to go check it out if you're a hockey fan like I am. Check it out, Patrick Kane, counting wow. to a thousand. Help wow. you go to sleep at night. Wow, I would. I don't think anybody would listen to me count to any number to fall asleep. So, thankfully, there are some people that say just listening to you they fall asleep. <laughs> Boom! Uh, just kidding, Mike I'm, Moore. I'm going I'm to drop in the, <laughs> the the drum set in the background. That one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're here. Uh, it's Lent. It's it's theology on mission podcast, and we're here to talk about the question of theological disagreements. <coughs> By the way, I don't have COVID, but I just have a small cough so please don't worry if you were yeah i mean i should be the one that's worrying since i'm in the same room as yeah and again um you know uh we're worried because we're only five and a half feet apart but uh (laughs) it's okay no what do you do what do you do when your church has theological disagreements we're in the middle of uh a lot of theological disagreements Mm -hmm. uh i just said probably the most obvious thing I've ever said in the history of Theology on Mission podcast, which is a long history. Um, you know, we have questions. Oh, well, let's just take the obvious, uh, the Trump versus the Democrat political 
disagreements okay. yep. that are raging in our congregations. Mm-hmm. Do we talk about them? I know a lot of congregations that just don't talk That's about right. them. That's right. Yeah. You just deal with the spiritual issues and you let people vote the way they want to vote. Exactly. Or uh, what do we do when we disagree? I've had a couple of people, thanks to you, Mike, more on that podcast about the 74 million. What do we do about the 74? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple yeah. of people like get, you know, get after me mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to, well, uh, but we're trying to deal with the issue of what do you do when we're so divided? Yeah. Do we just ignore it? Now, let's take a few other subjects. Racism Mm -hmm. and the awareness of racism, not only personal um, racism, but cultural racism and all the ways we participate in cultural racism. It's become a huge kind of not only disagreement, but really anger and animus. Should we just avoid it and let people work it out on their own? Right, right. What about sexuality? I was mm-hmm. at a church once a couple <clears throat> years ago <clears throat> where we talked about these issues. And I said, what does your church do in regard to these issues? And somebody raised their hand and said, well, we're aggressively neutral about that in our church. Interesting. We're aggressively neutral. Yeah. And so um, the question uh, is, I mean, so I know at our church, sometimes uh, we have been accused of being a church which agrees on the basics, mm-hmm. Jesus, God, mm-hmm. creation, etc. But on the things that are the little itsy-bitsy things, and they're not little itsy-bitsy things, they're huge things. But on the things that we disagree, we just agree to disagree. Right. Th- that was... That was kind of taught to me a little bit in seminary. You know, there are first first order, second order, third order beliefs. Yeah, who taught you that in seminary? It wasn't I, me, was it? it it's was, probably, yeah. I think it was you, actually. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, I, I think that just kind of picked up in like the reading of theology. There's this language of first order, second order, third order. And then churches say, well, you know, as long as we agree that Jesus was divine, as long as we agree in the, On the basics, in the Trinity... The you creedal know. statements. Yeah, you know. Let's no. not mess with everything else. Yeah. And I think this is a big mistake, by the way. I want to put it out there that I uh, think okay. that what happens when we let the issues of our day, and I'm not just talking about sexuality, racism, uh, Trump versus non-Trump mm-hmm. politics. Gender the, the dynamics. Mid-gen. I I am talking about even how we think and know and uh, deal with problems in marriage, how to think about marriage, all these things are actual life issues. I was going to say life and death issues, but they really do impact Mm -hmm. our Christian lives. They are issues of discernment. Like you were just saying, uh, our own denomination has a uh, three-tier hermeneutic guy named Paul King, who's uh, just a great guy, um, uh, an elder statesman, I guess like me, (laughs) an elder statesman, in my denomination, although nobody listens to me uh, in my <laughs> denomination, but Paul is respected and loved by both me and my denomination. And he he has he goes by the three tiers. You know, there's the essentials of the faith, the non-negotiables, tier right, one. Right. There's the distinctives of our denomination, tier okay. two. Our distinctives, which we, um, you know, each stream, each tradition. 
each denomination has some distinctives that mm-hmm. were arrived at at a moment in history and they mm-hmm. were important and we live out of them. I think sometimes denominations hang on to them too For sure. much. For sure. uh, we should allow them to be developed, but that's tier two. And frankly, you go to this kind of a church because you think this distinctive is important for your life. Yeah. Not that it separates you from another Christian. It's just you see this distinctive as important for your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the CRC, so that could be God's sovereignty, or that could be vocation. Um, that could be a high reformed view of the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. For the CNMA. <clears throat> We don't want to go into it. Okay. Uh, but uh, <laughs> by the way, I do love my denomination, and I do love some of our some of our distinctives. For sure. Uh, but there's a third tier, which uh, are called non-essentials or open questions or side issues. That's how Paul talks about them. Uh, they have been talked about in terms of uh, adiaphora, the uh, Greek word for indifference. These are things that we shouldn't uh, divide us that we can differ about Mm -hmm. and um you know frankly that whole discussion in romans chapter 14 you know has been used to kind of say uh i'm looking for it now folks uh you know uh remember uh the opening uh verse of romans 14 welcome those who are weak in the faith but not for the purpose the RSV translates it of quarreling over opinions. Hmm. Opinions? They're just your opinion? Hmm. Okay. And talks about eating meat and all the other uh, kind of divisive things that were going on in the early church between uh, Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. Um, But then, you know, in verse 19, he says, let us then pursue that which makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food or your opinions or your personal distinctives destroy the work of God. So um, that's the one aspect of it. But now, the key question becomes, how do we determine what's a tier one versus a tier three? Mm-hmm. How do we determine what's a life and death issue and just an opinion? You got any ideas on that, Mike Moore? Well, my question is, does the tier language even make sense? Is it? Do you think it's helpful to have you know, using my language, first order, second order, third order, or what you said, essentials, distinctives. Is it helpful to divide these things up into those different categories? I find it helpful. Okay. I think it's helpful. But uh, because there are some things that need to be uh, relegated to the working out of your life Mm -hmm. in fear and trembling across the table from others yeah in christian and, and it's not like should i wear should i okay i'll give you one mm-hmm. should we watch sports on television okay on, on sunday, sunday. <laughs> how'd you know i was going there <laughs> well i i grew up in a similar household <laughs> yeah and and so uh or 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 do you should uh, here here's an interesting okay. one uh, when Max was five, I was up in Canada speaking somewhere, and he got invited to play hockey on the United Center Ice, which is where the Blackhawks wow. play in between periods. And <clears throat> it was on a Sunday, and mm-hmm. 
I'm with a bunch of Canadian pastors and professors, and, <laughs> and I'm going, no way, we're not putting that above church. Right. I, t- I asked the advice of all the Canadian. My wife's calling me while I'm in the in the middle of a big dinner with Pat, Christian pastors and professors, and and I asked them, what do you think? And they're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you let that guy take, that's an opportunity of a lifetime. He will resent the church for the rest of his life. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that would be a, okay. a, a tier yeah. three. Okay, yeah, yeah. What, what, I, what I find to be challenging is, I don't know if you've seen this uh, in these conversations in your church, but there is a desire to minimize certain issues and to put them into like second or third tier. For example, politics, sexuality, gender. So what I'm used to people saying is, okay, we we believe in the Trinity, we believe in the basics, but hey, that stuff, that that stuff doesn't really matter. You know, we can agree to disagree on that stuff. So there's a a desire to minimize it because it's seen as not being as essential. Maybe it's not as historic, or we feel like it shouldn't be causing as many divisions as it is call, causing. Do, do you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is what I'm saying. Um, we have become a church. Okay. Uh, um, I'm caricaturing here now. Uh, there's the problem of, of this happening. We have become a church that agrees on the main things and just agrees to disagree on everything else. Mm-hmm. And these things, um, meanwhile, these things are affecting multiple areas of our lives. Yeah. Uh, like the raising of our children, like how we engage the world when it comes to racism, mm-hmm. like how are we going to engage the issues that are uh, of, of, of the government and Trump versus non-Trump. And if we just ignore them, I believe, by the way, all these things are key areas for the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the temptation. So I, here, I'm going to put this out to you and to everybody else, and then we're going to talk about the solution, uh, or at least the solution we've arrived at so yeah. far in our church. Um, but I believe if we just agree to disagree on key issues like sexuality, mm-hmm. like politics, like racism, like um, how do we uh, navigate raising our children in a uh, multiple gendered world, etc. Yeah. If we just agree to disagree, we will default to the culture. Hmm. Uh, it's not like we'll go read books and come up and the Holy Spirit will divine for us right, the right answer right. for our lives personally. No, I fear the default option is we will default to the culture. And in my opinion, that's not always, and not only not always, it's often hmm. a bad default. Sure. It is a malformation against the purposes of Christ and how we can witness to what Christ is doing to redeem sexuality, to overcome racism, to uh, work for the local politics of the kingdom of God in our locations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, so if the church is, isn't doing the work of formation, something will. Something else will. Culture. Okay. That's Dallas Willard 101. <laughs> it is. That's also yeah. Jamie K. Smith yep. 101. Yep. That's also Richard Foster uh, yeah. 101. Keep it that's going. also Stanley Hauerwas <laughs> 101. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's Alistair McIntyre. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all the spiritual formation mm-hmm. authors of the last 25 years. Yep. So what do we do here is the next question, or is the answer, or excuse me, is the is is the question we got to go to now. Yeah. What's your instincts here? My instinct and what we've done in churches I've led in the past or been part of leading is typically to organize people in small groups where we can have meaningful conversation around the topic. However, what I've discovered is typically there, typically you hit a threshold in the conversation. So let's say we decide that we're going to get together for four or five months to discern an issue that we have disagreement on. That works pretty well for a while. And then around six months, everybody's just kind of done with it. <laughs> and that's typically when like somebody blows their top and, you know, it yeah. kind of leaks out everywhere. Yeah. So, so my instinct is to gather people to have conversations where we can discern it, pray through it, unpack it. Um, and I think that's a good instinct uh, my concern is that it typically ends uh, with people hitting a threshold pretty quickly after we start the conversation. Yeah. So uh, my uh, response to this is um, that the church needs a regular practice of discerning theological disagreements for the directives of the church to give direction to the people who are struggling with this issue in the church. We need a regular practice where we submit one to another. If there is just coercion here, in other words, um, okay, scratch coercion for a minute. That might have turned some people off. Uh, If there's just a hierarchy that says, here's what we've studied, here's what I have determined is right according to Scripture, therefore, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. We'll take. We'll enter. We'll entertain a few questions, but in the end, what I say goes. Right. If we have this kind of hierarchy, don't get me wrong. The office of the teacher in the church still has an authority, but it's always a mutual authority out of listening one to another. This goes back to Ephesians chapter four, uh, where the five, <clears throat> the fivefold gifting. Um, you know, Paul says, uh, let the teachers teach, let the preachers preach, let the prophets prophesy, let the apostles, you know, mm-hmm. but, but they all work together. They don't usurp one another. Right. The teacher doesn't usurp the apostle or the pa- The pastor in, in Ephesians 4 is the one who is concerned about shepherding issues, uh, the issues of real suffering in the congregation. Right. I don't just get the, I'm the teacher, I get to tell everybody else what the hell to do here. Right. Right. That's not the way it goes in the church. We need a practice of mutually being led to discern these theological disagreements. And so this practice that our church has been developing is I call it IGTHUS. IGTHUS. It's an acronym. It's actually IGTHUS. <laughs> yes. The it fish. seems good to the Holy Spirit and us. If- <laughs> Acts chapter 15. Ichthus. I thought you were saying Ichthus. Like. No, I, it seems I-S, good, G, to the Holy Spirit, H-S, <laughs> us, U-S. 
Okay. Anyways, can you put that on? Can you put? Well, I just. just you're okay. You're okay. Uh, can you put that on the? Uh, uh, I don't know the uh, title. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Sorry. It'll have I, everybody totally. Confused. I just thought you were referring to Greek for fish. You know. Oh, it's very close, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Okay. So, anyways, our goal here is to uh, establish a regular practice so that we can lead people, uh, a regular practice so that we can give guidance to the congregation. So notice in Acts chapter 15, when a dispute arose, in this case, it was over whether the Gentile believers should be required to be circumcised, required to keep the law, mm-hmm. etc., cetera, uh, in terms of becoming Christians. <coughs> Excuse me. The apostles and the elders met, the leaders met to consider the question. Uh, this is verse six. Mm-hmm. By the way, to say there's no hierarchy or no patriarchy in leadership is not to say there's no leadership. It just means the first ones go first and then submit to the rest and lead and kind of push out the authority so the congregation gathers. Do you get what I'm trying to say yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, okay, I'm the guy who's going to lead here over you. Right. It's no, I'm going to lead. I'm going to go first. So in the end of 1 Corinthians 12, when he goes through all the gifts and how the body works, he says, first apostles, then prophets, mm-hmm. then teachers, then the rest. So there's it's it's chronology, not, right. not spatial hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So verse 6 says, so our, our church... We have a group of people, teachers, preachers, pastors, gifted people, evangelists, Mm -hmm. gathering to meet over the question and to sort it out. And one person takes the lead and writes a four or five paragraph statement. It's actually turning into seven or eight paragraphs. And that's a different person for every meeting or that's the same? It's so far, yeah, every every meeting. It's not the same person for every issue. I see. So an issue arises in our congregation. We bring it to this little uh, ichthus group Mm -hmm. and uh, we start to sort it out and then one person writes the paper up and then we submit it to the group again, edit it. Okay, now notice uh, in verse 8, 9, and 12, they observed what the Holy Spirit was doing among them and around them in regard to the issue. Hmm. So it's not just what does Scripture say. Mm -hmm. We are trying to take into account what the Spirit is doing Hmm. and revealing himself in this issue. What are we learning? Hmm. And how does that shape the direction of our scriptural hermeneutic? So we'll come through and we'll we'll, we'll write um, a five or six paragraph statement and we'll sort it out then the next step is once we get to that statement and this is hard to do in covid so we're backed up and we're waiting for for covid to allow us to meet a whole community listened and discerned that was in verse 12 so we gather the whole not, not the whole church but the whole, all the people who are really interested in this yeah, issue who are invested to yeah. listen read discern we are we are submitting it to the congregation and we're in this together and we're carefully considering this and there will be a, another edit to this page based on what we hear 
and whether we and how we can affirm it. And it's at that point when we finally come to uh, a conclusion that we present it to the whole congregation and we put it on our Igthus page mm-hmm. of discernments. And so they wrote it down in, uh, uh, now I forget what verse it was, but it seems good. They wrote it in a letter, actually. Yeah. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And they sent people along to confirm yeah. the words of this. Yeah. Verse, That's, verse 28. That should be, I believe, a regular practice of the church. Now, one more thing before I get your reaction to yeah. this. <coughs> this is not a tier one statement. Uh, Jesus is fully God, fully man, according mm-hmm. to the Nicene Creed. Um, uh, this is uh, more like a tier three moving into a tier two. And this is going to be a directive as opposed to a belief statement. This is going to be something, let's say we're we're uh, struggling with uh, the sexuality issue in our congregation. Mm-hmm. This is going to give us some key points to talk through and lead through and direct through in our families when we're struggling with this issue, how to lead our children through this issue. It's going to be a directive. Um, there will still so so there will still be um, some uh, careful like nuance and and local discernment with each person as they use this. Right. But they're going to use it to lead the discussion and carry it through in each situation in our church. Hmm. Okay. So it's not a belief statement. It's more like a directive. Gotcha. I I like it. I, I, I mean, obviously, some biblical basis for this. And there's an opportunity for people to give some back and forth. My, my first question is, what happens when you bring it to the entire congregation? You know, so... so You've gone back and forth with the leaders who are discerning it. You bring it to the entire congregation. And for some people, that's the first time they're seeing it. So how do you receive their quote unquote feedback or how do they uh, participate in the discernment of that statement that's been given? Um, Okay. So first of all, we are in process and we have been working on this for three, four, five months now. Mm -hmm. And um, the (laughs) <laughs> the way I envision it taking place is uh, it goes from that small little meeting yep. to the meeting of those who are most interested. Okay. We call everybody to a meeting, but only those who are willing to commit to being there and sorting this out together. After that work is done, that's the moment it seems good to us and the Holy it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us happens. I see. Then we put it on the website for the whole congregation. On the website. Okay. And the website has a page, Igthus Directives hmm. for our congregation. So that if you're having um, an issue uh, with sexuality or you're having an issue with struggling with uh, being angry with somebody who voted for Trump and you right. didn't go to this page. Yeah. Here's a page. Here's a directive. Well, why? Why on the website? Why not just have a place where that's private for people in your church? Do Do you want it so anybody can see it? Or? All right. Well, this is probably still in debate okay. in our meeting, but gotcha. this is how I feel. I see. This actually describes who our community is in a more. Uh, intimate and direct and specific way mm-hmm. than if you just read, you know, some 
attend generalized belief statements or something else or read about our various practices. This actually gives some insight into how we sort out things mm -hmm. and uh, what kind of conclusions we came to. And I actually want to I want to put it on our website, but it's a separate page. Yeah. And explains who we are and what we're doing here and I why. See. And these are the decisions we've come through. You know, there are a lot of people who say, hey, um, <clears throat> uh, we want to know your position statement on sexuality yeah, before we come to yeah, our church. That's church clarity, yeah. And, and, and I go, well, well, that's kind of actually bizarre. Because in each location, in each locale, in each like Westmont versus uh, Belmont Avenue versus mm -hmm. Hyde Park, uh, we are dealing with different issues in relation to sexuality. Right. Uh, and right. uh, and y y I won't go into that. That's another podcast. Yeah, yeah, some, but yeah. the point is, if we can see what's going on, how we have discerned it in the directives as opposed to some kind of gargantuan position statement. Hmm. I think that gives a better insight into who we are. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That, yeah, th this is helpful. It's really good. I'll, um, I will include some of these points that Dave just covered in the show notes for people who want to to read read along and and have an outline for what we're talking about here. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, in, to to bring our podcast to a close, um, here's a few. I want I want to uh, summarize what we've learned today. That's mm -hmm. always a good process yeah. to do. First of all, I want to say this is not hierarchical. Okay, this is not the pastor going up to Mount Sinai, getting a message from God, <laughs> bringing it down, and telling the rest of the church what to do. Yeah, it's not. Neither is it. Everyone just agrees to disagree, and we're not going to talk about it. But teachers are going to have a role to play in right. this movement. So, but this is not hierarchical because there's mutual submission mm -hmm. all along to the work of the Holy Spirit among us. So the conclusion is it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Yeah. Us, not me telling you what the Holy Spirit told me last night at Mount Sinai. I think that's a big <laughs> no, difference. You're right. Yeah, w w when you're saying leading, uh, the image I get is like people walking, right? So you're talking about leading out in the front, out of your calling, out of your office, you're going first. But that doesn't mean that you're the only one, only one who's going. It means that you're just going first in the order. You're leading, and yes. it will be maybe a different leader every time. When we have our pastors' Absolutely. groups, you know, sometimes it's the apostle who leads mm -hmm. on an issue of mission. Sometimes it's a pastor who leads on an issue of suffering in our congregation. Yeah. Sometimes it's the issue of the teaching teacher who's leading, saying we got a problem with this issue, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, it's a different person who leads, but there is leadership. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. And, good. and then secondly. Um, it's got to be a regular practice that that the congregation gets used to and starts to trust. Mm -hmm. And and this is so different than the way that I believe this is so important because we have so much abuse, histories of spiritual abuse in our congregation. So many people coming out of that, rejecting the church. We have to in Christendom. The, the man in charge, and it was always a man, mm -hmm. who gets put in charge to tell everybody else what to do was more efficient, and it worked for a while. Yeah, yeah. But it became abusive. We're seeing the problem of spiritual abuse and abuse of authority all across our land. We need a different practice yes. for how to deal with theological disagreements. Igthus is my proposal. <laughs> can, you, 
Can you spell that out really fast? Just I S. It seems good. Okay. To the Holy Spirit, H S, and to us, U S. Okay. Okay. And that spells us. No. All right. Close. Not really, because it ends with a T U. So it would be. T-U-S, us. Because I added the S to... <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm just putting you on blast here. Okay, all right. All right. Well, anyways, uh, folks, uh, any final words, Mike Moore? No, um, except in like a month, you're going to do a webinar on church planting on April 17th. Another webinar. Yeah, Another last time webinar. you said there's not a subject matter, but I, I really do think we yes. have to uh, kind of work out how leadership works. I think we're going to talk about money, uh, mission, mutual leadership. Money, mission, and mutuality. Yeah, that's right. That's what I put, I, uh, that's what I put on the website. You did? Because mm-hmm. it's brilliant. It's yeah. got the alliteration. Bam, bam, bam. Money, how do you, I'm, church planting. Okay, we're not going to go into this. You almost got me started. Okay. Yeah, yeah April 17th. Look for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really look forward to that, and and we're we're building a, a kind of a, a a way of planning churches together uh, yes. that hopefully will be a help to a lot of people struggling with the old ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, well that just about ends our time today with you all, folks. We'll be back again. We've got some exciting guests coming up. We won't don't, don't we do. You, you're we not going to tell them who it is. I'm yet. not. No, absolutely don't not. Tell them. Never do and, that. Uh, uh, we we look forward to uh, some upcoming podcasts and subject matters. We hope this has been helpful to you today on another Theology on Mission podcast where theology meets mission. If you have time, give us a review. Mm -hmm. uh, Pump us up a little bit. uh, Spread the word. um, And uh, we look forward to seeing you again the next time. Till then, it's over and out. It's Mike Bourne and Dave Fitch.